You are listening to I Doubt It with me, your host, Jesse Dolliman, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. As always, I'm your host, Jesse Dollimore, and sitting across from me is... Brittany Page. I'm still here. <laughs> Has not been fired or replaced yet. Shocking. <laughs> uh, we have a great show today. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff's going on. I wanted to... A whole bunch of stuff to cover. Uh, I did want to start with something that has been on my mind. Um, we recently met a chick, someone who will remain nameless, and uh, she said some of the most ridiculous stuff that I've heard in a long time and I rest assured that I've heard some wacky shit in my day I probably said some wacky shit in my day but uh, this almost completely took the cake um, we were at a party or at a gathering and this chick kept talking a young lady you know nearing 30 so not not super young Talking about how she loves being in business and she's the boss. And she, I, I mean, how many times did she say that she's the boss? And oh, I don't even know. In, she in was charge. the boss of everybody. She was pointing out people that she was the boss of at the party. <laughs> and she wasn't even drunk. She, this was just her. Oh, yeah. She was letting it all out. So just elaborating on how much she loves the business world and, and how, how, uh, just it's great to be in business and to be working with businessmen and to be an entrepreneur. And what took the cake wasn't the fact that she's the boss, she's the boss, she's the boss, she's the boss. What took the cake was, Brittany, go ahead and uh, I'll give you the honors. Well, since I was forced to be around her the most in this social situation because Jesse abandoned me. <laughs> Um, she started telling me that in the business world, you drink wine and you smoke cigars in the business world and kept talking about these things that you do in the business world that are not really things that go on in the business world so much well, as well, I'm sure they go on in the business world, but it's not a requisite. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't define the business world, smoking cigars and drinking wine. How is that a definition for the business world? I'm sure in in uh, in the early '80s, Bill Gates had a mentor, and I'm sure his mentor said, "Look, kid, if you want to survive in this business, you better get a bottle of wine and a big Cuban cigar. Otherwise, you'll never make it, kid." What a great impression! Wow, you like that? Yeah, that was great. Well, I know Bill Gates' mentor, and that's oh, okay. actually exactly what he sounds like. Yeah, so yeah, you don't have to shit on me because I. If you knew, see, if you knew, you would know that that guy sounds exactly like that. I just don't know. I yeah, guess that's the yeah. problem. See? <laughs> hey, what can I say? So that was our, our interesting encounter with this nutbag. And the funny, the funny part was is that we didn't correct her. So she's just going to go on life telling people how wonderful it is to be a businesswoman because of the wine and the cigars. Yes. It's awesome. 
So moving on to other topics of abject jackassery, um, I want to talk about one of my one of my favorites. She's near and dear to my heart, Michelle Bachman. In the worst possible way. Oh no, I love I love this woman. <laughs> she is a gem. She gives me much much joy in my life. Um, the The conservative political action conference just uh, got finished in Washington D.C. I think they held it in D.C. this year, and she was doing an interview with a, a talk show host named Lars Larson, and she was explaining how the gays are bullying her, Christian, being a Christian, they're bullying her and trying to take away her religious liberties. Bullying everyone. Oh, that's right. Bullying everyone. What she's trying to say, she's explaining to this talk show host that it's in the aftermath of the Arizona bill, the the anti-discrimination, or the, the bill in Arizona that was trying to let people discriminate against gays because of a deeply held religious conviction or belief. So she's explaining what was and what wasn't in the bill, and that's, that's what the conversation surrounds. Nothing, like you said, there's, there's nothing, nothing in about sex. There's nothing about gays in there, but the, the gay community decided to make this their measure. And the thing that I think is getting a little tiresome is the gay community, they've so bullied the American people, and they've so intimidated politicians. The politicians fear them. And so they think that they get to dictate the agenda everywhere. Well, not with the Constitution, you don't. The Constitution is um, is immovable unless you change it through a constitutional amendment. If you want to take away my religious liberties, you can advocate for that. But you do it through the constitutional process. You don't intimidate. And no politician should give away my, my religious liberties or yours. Well, and I don't see the Democrats saying, let's change the Constitution and gut the First Never. Amendment. Never. Hey, why should they? They've used the courts so brilliantly over the years to have, with activist judges, and now they've got a president that's um, making – he's a lawless president who's violating the Constitution with every executive order. A couple things. One, this is a woman who can't even pronounce the name of our country correctly. It's the United States of America, Michelle. It's not the United States. <laughs> I'm so thankful that now I have a podcast – so I don't have to just tweet constantly about what a maniac this lady is. The United States of America. Secondly, I've, this is going to be a topic all the time because we're going to be talking about politics. But the president of the United States is not. Did you just say United? I think you said it wrong. Uh-oh. She's having a major influence on you. <laughs> She's There's bullying the me. This bitch is bullying yeah, me. Yes, she is. Uh the president of the United States is not their president. They've got a president. He's all of our president. For better or worse. For better or worse. Clinton was everybody's president. George Bush, whether you liked him or not, I didn't the second term. I did the first term. Uh, he was everybody's president. He was voted. We got a system in place. If you want to tout your, your constitution that you love so much, and I do love it so much, if you want to talk about that constitution, it allows for a president to be duly elected, legally elected by the people and the electoral college, the system we have. So he's everyone's president. He is your president, whether you voted for him or not. The other thing is the fact that she keeps going off on this maniacal rant about how it's the gay, the gay agenda and the gay bully. They're bullying the American people. 
I don't feel very bullied. Do you feel bullied? No, not at all. And I'm also confused by her use of the word intimidation. Who should feel intimidated? The gays who can't get married and who are treated as if they are some kind of pervert because of their innate inclination? I don't... It's ridiculous. It's, it's also... You could substitute the word Christian for America, the American people. That's what she means. Because she thinks that the gay, there's some gay mafia that is going to. That's a sight. (laughs) Wow. The thing that just flashed in my head. I could do my voice, my impression, and Uh, it would be the same one. No. Hey, look look here, kid. Oh, God. (laughs) So. She she believes that the the the, the six to ten percent of the population, those that are born gay, that, that there is this movement afoot, this conspiracy of them bullying the other ninety four to ninety percent, ninety to ninety four percent of the population. That's not really how it works. That's not what a bully does. That's not how a bully operates. The bully in this case is this right, radical right Christian movement that is trying to switch the talking points and they're trying to rebrand their message that by allowing gays to marry, you are stripping away their religious liberties. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But because they have a a propaganda machine that is... They're, they're, they realize that the end is near and they're trying to ramp up their, their, their targeting and ramp up their, their public relations. They're rebranding the message. They're switching it around. They're switching words around, trying to say that it's, uh, it's take, we're stripping their religious liberties because everyone should get their feathers ruffled, ruffled <clears throat> excuse me, when, when someone's liberties are in, in jeopardy. That's that's a terrible thing. The Constitution protects all of our liberties. But what it doesn't protect is your liberties. If it's part of my religion to sacrifice my neighbor's firstborn, it doesn't matter because I can't take away someone else's rights while in the pursuit of, of practicing mine. That, that's constitutional. So she should maybe go back and read the Constitution before she goes blathering on about being such an expert about it. At least she's simply talking about being bullied and not actively trying to say that um, you can be brainwashed into being gay or um, (laughs) because that's happening. That's actually a great point, a great segue. That leads me right into uh, Kevin Swanson, who is a... Obviously, I don't need to say conservative, but he's a radical Christian radio host. And, uh, well, he on Twitter, uh, I'll tell you his Twitter address later because you're going to hear what buffoonery this guy has to, to proffer. Um, Kevin Swanson, on his radio show, is talking about the movie Frozen, the Disney movie, the cartoon, the cartoon, and how it is trying to turn, trying to brainwash kids into being gay. Apparently, he missed the memo on how it's biological and not... You can't be convinced to be gay. It's not like advertising. Like, you you just... They, they really push Coke on you until you just give up and really like Coke. Also, 
probably watching a cartoon like Frozen isn't the best way to he's specifically referring to being brainwashed as lesbians, right? Well, he he goes on. He's he said all kinds of other stuff. I could I could play clips all day long of this jackass saying things about being turned gay. And by the way, look this guy up. This guy is a creeper. A super creeper. It, <laughs> he's chomo galore. I would not be surprised. I wouldn't I'm not saying that he has molested children or raped anyone or is a sexual predator or a deviant. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying he's got the look of one. <laughs> he definitely has the look of one. And then how many children are taken into these things and how many Christians are taking their kids off to see the movie Frozen, produced by an organization that is probably one of the strongest, pro, most pro-homosexual organizations in the country. You wonder sometimes... He's talking about Disney, by the way. The most pro-homosexual organizations. I, I would think that uh, GLAAD... Or the No Hate campaign. Yeah, I, the, the, the Adam Buska or whatever his yeah. name is. He would be, or GLAAD. Yes, the specific... The Gay and, Le- the gay and Lesbian Anti-Defamation League. Yes, the, the organizations that have gay in their name, those are probably the most advocating for gays. Yeah, not Mickey Mouse. I'm not a tinfoil hat conspiratorialist, but you wonder sometimes if, if maybe there's something very evil happening here, Steve. Uh, it makes you wonder. <laughs> Also, I gotta stop it. Listen to his voice as he gets into this. Listen to his, he gets into his creeper mode. Mm. Oh, yeah, look, look at him. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, stop. No one <laughs> wants to hear that. I mean, if I was the devil, you know, what would I do? To really foul up an entire social system and and do something really, really, really evil to five and six and seven year olds and Christian families around America. I... He's getting a little too into this. He's really into it. <laughs> wow. What would I do to five and six and seven year olds? <laughs> I can just picture him wiping his brow and uh... I, I would make a I would buy Disney. Yeah. If I was the devil, I would buy Disney in 1984. Yeah. And that's what I would have done. And then you start making all these nice little movies that just throw little things in there that that make sin look enticing. And and in fact, the worst, some of the worst of sins make it look enticing or at least to start to indoctrinate slowly. Turn the heat up on the frog in in the pan. Friends, this is evil. Just... Just evil. I, I, I wonder if people are thinking, you know, I think this cute little movie is going to indoctrinate my five-year-old to be a, a lesbian or, or treat homosexuality or bestiality in a light sort of way. I, I wonder if if the average parent going to see Frozen is is thinking that way. You know, I wonder if they're they're just walking in and saying, yeah. Let's get my five-year-old and seven-year-old indoctrinated early. Um, first things first, I don't think I would be super concerned about a cartoon brainwashing my daughter to be a lesbian. I think maybe I'd try to steer her away from, you know, Sofia Vergara on Modern Family. That might be <laughs> a, a bigger risk. And uh, second of all... Well, second of all, he's doing the classic indoctrinated into homosexuality 
slash whoop bestiality. The classic move of comparing the two. Now, what movie is he basing that on, by the way? Is that Beauty and the Beast that's promoting bestiality? <laughs> what? No, no. Frozen. Frozen. Well, little do you know, this is a NC-17 cartoon oh. that may, it's made half a billion dollars. It won an already. Oscar mm-hmm. for its song. That's pretty yeah. impressive. Which the song is about fucking a goat. Oh. Yeah? A frozen I, goat. I missed that in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's yep. weird. Very strange. It's, uh, it's an odd thing. Disney is a very insipid organization. They're, they're real, they have an agenda. They're bullying America. I'm starting to pick up on that. Yeah. It's, uh, have you ever seen Toy Story? I have. Yeah. It's about the Holocaust and how great, great it was. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this jackass, to go on, one, his Twitter, his Twitter uh, handle, if you'd like to, to tell him what a wonderful person he is, uh, but only use it for that purpose. Tell him how great he is. Uh, is Kevin P. Swanson. Kevin P. Swanson. At Kevin P. Swanson. Um, give him your love. He he needs it. This guy is... Uh... And tell him to tone it down with the five, six, and seven-year-olds. I'm a little concerned about that. <laughs> well, earlier, <clears throat> this happened a couple months ago, maybe a few months ago, he went on a rant. He, he for some reason, has uh, a, a giant fear of feminism, and he equates feminism, women who want rights, equal rights, to want to be treated the same. Um, and, you know, I, I'd be the first to admit that I think that the, the American feminist movement has, got a little, has gotten a little militant. It's gotten a little bit radical. And that, I think that happens with, with a lot of groups. Um, they, they want to take a different bend, uh, a different route toward equal rights. And, you know, it happens. But you, you just got to deal with it. But he's very afraid of the feminist movement. He equates it directly to lesbianism. So much so that this guy is deathly afraid of Girl Scouts and Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> and I'm not – look, I'm not kidding. It's not – I'm not being euphemistic. I'm not – well, I tell you what. I'll let Mr. At Kevin P. Swanson explain it to you. Individualism of feminism has been devastating to this country. Dave, I'd say you ought to say no to the Girl Scout cookies, too. I mean, I don't want to support lesbianism. I don't want to support Planned Parenthood, and I don't want to support abortion. And if that be the case, I'm not buying Girl Scout cookies. Now, I suppose if if you take a big, fat, black black magic marker and say, here, give me that box, and you start marking out all of the references to the Girl Scouts of America on all the boxes, then, then maybe we're not promoting that organization anymore, and... Let me tell you something, Kevin. Uh, first of all, if I have a box of delicious Ritz crackers in front of me and I take a big black magic marker and I cross out Nabisco or whichever company makes them and Ritz, they're still fucking Ritz crackers, jackass. They're True. still They're still sold by the Ritz cracker company. They're, you did nothing to destroy the fact that you're, if you buy them, you're giving money to the Ritz Cracker Company. So if you cross out Girl Scouts and you... Or how about, I, tell, I tell you what. Why don't you just skip the magic marker and just take the cookies out of the box and put them in a bowl? <laughs> Problem solved. And I'd be willing to buy it, okay? Maybe so. Maybe it's not food offered to idols anymore if I had the opportunity to scratch out references to the Girl Scouts of America on the boxes of the Girl Scout cookies offered to me at Safeway. Those are some pretty expensive cookies you're eating, though. 
Yeah, that's true. And, and you have to. At some point, a Christian has to say, "The earth is the Lord's and, and the fullness." I thereof. understand that. And, I understand that. But and I just where don't, you spend I, your money, actually, you know, it does count. It does, and I don't want to promote a wicked organization that no. is, according to it, its own website, doesn't promote godly womanhood. It just doesn't. I, I don't see anything that promotes godly womanhood. I, the vision of the Girl Scouts of America is antithetical to a biblical vision for womanhood, friends. It's antithetical to it. Please, I beg of you, do not buy Girl Scout cookies. Please, I beg of you, stop buying Girl Scout cookies. And if you do, take a big black magic marker and, and cross out every reference to Girl Scouts of America and all the signs and all the boxes because we don't want to promote that organization. So the Boy Scouts don't allow homosexuals in their organization, but the Girl Scouts are just filled with young lesbians. It, it's bizarre. He is, well, w let me give you a little background. The internet, on his, uh, one of his video pages, his own, his own profile describes him as someone who homeschooled himself. What does that even mean? <laughs> That is terrifying. He's fucking Doogie Howser. <laughs> he homeschooled himself in the 60s and 70s. A lot of things have changed since then. And he and his wife are now homeschooling their five kids. Great. So everything he taught himself, he's now teaching to five people. Yeah. That's great. Well, apparently he must have been reading uh, a lot of lesbian books in the 60s and 70s because he has a definite preoccupation with it. You know, it's an odd thing. It, it, there's a trend when you've got your, your Ted Haggards and your Kevin Swansons. Ted Haggard was the, the Colorado Springs pastor who railed against homosexuality and gay marriage, railed against it. It's sin. It's an abomination. It's sin. He just spewed just venom and vitriol about the gay agenda, like they say, and was caught having a gay affair with a gay prostitute who was also giving him drugs, meth. Not drugs like weed. He wanted to smoke some weed. I'm talking about meth. Jesse Pinkman style meth. There's a definite correlation between these, you know, Larry Craig types. Guy who's voting no on gay rights issues time and time again. And then gets caught in a Minnesota airport bathroom, toe tapping, trying to get some road-weary traveler to give him a handy in the stall. You know, it's such a noticeable trend that they actually studied it, which is interesting. And um, it was a study that was published in the Journal of Abnormal Psychology titled, Is Homophobia Associated with Homosexual Arousal? And pretty interesting. They studied the role of homosexual arousal in exclusively heterosexual men who admitted having negative feelings toward homosexual individuals. So what they did is they exposed these men to sexually explicit erotic stimuli, porn, um, consisting of... G gay porn. Well, they did heterosexual porn, male homosexual porn, and lesbian porn, and they measured the changes in their penile circumference. These are all straight guys? Some were, they were all straight, but they were divided in half. There were a group of non-homophobic men and homophobic men. So <laughs> This can't end well. <laughs> yeah. 
And the thing is, they can't get away with anything here because they are measuring their penis. There's actually something on their penis wait, measuring wait, wait. the penis. Do they have, like, a little person with, like, a, a tape measure down there? Like, what? How well, does that work? It was, it's a gauge. It's a mercury in rubber circumference strain gauge. So it gauges, you know, the... Uh, Girth? It gauges the situation <laughs> of what's going on down there. And they put him in this room. Wait, wait, wait. I, I got, hang on. We're rushing ahead. I got a shit ton of questions. Uh, hang on, hang on. So how does it, how does it, are they like in an ante room, like in some loose, flowy sweatpants and just getting it ready? Are they rubbing it and like, uh, or are they, you know, like, is it freezing cold? Are they... Also, do, do the guys know – they probably don't know what the study's about, right? They don't know specifically, but they have to tell them going in, you know, we're going to put this on your penis <laughs> um, because they'd probably just think they're being molested or something at this point. But, you know, they don't say anything about the temperature of the room, but they put them <laughs> in – they um, put them in a soundproof chamber, and they were seated in a comfortable reclining chair, you know, setting the mood. Yeah. And they lit some candles. Yeah. Popped a bottle of wine, you know. Yeah, you know, about to about to have some fun. <laughs> and once the participant indicated that the apparatus was in place through an intercom, they took a 4-minute baseline. So they measured, you know, just what the average was for the male. And then they showed them three sexually explicit videos. And following each video, they rated their subjective sexual arousal, and the degree of penile erection was also taken. And the participant's penile circumference was allowed to return to baseline levels before each video was shown. So they would show them the video of the uh, lesbians, and then they would... Let them go back to normal. They would let them go back to normal. Then they would show them the video of the homosexual men, they would let it go back to normal. Then they would show the video of the heterosexual couple, and then they would let it go back to normal. So okay, it, so, drum roll. The results of the study indicate that individuals who score in the homophobic range and admit negative affect toward homosexuality demonstrate significant sexual arousal to male homosexual erotic stimuli. These individuals were selected on the basis of their report of having only heterosexual arousal and experiences. Furthermore, their ratings of erection and arousal to homosexual stimuli were low and not significantly different from non-homophobic men who demonstrated no significant increase in penile response to homosexual stimuli. So what that is saying, I know that was a lot, sorry, <laughs> is that the men who expressed these homophobic tendencies through another scale that they were given, they were and given a survey. So it wasn't just admittedly, I hate queers. It no, was, it was, they were given a survey and it's, you know, a tested scale that has been proven to measure this. Okay. And they scored a certain score on it. And so they were put into the group of homophobic men, the group of homophobic men responded significantly through their penis 
Yeah, there's no... <clears throat> look. To the homosexual porn. A, a dude's mouth will lie. A guy's wiener isn't going to lie. The, the wiener likes what it likes. And the individuals, everyone, was selected for their, their self-report of only having heterosexual attraction and experience. And the, the self-report ratings of their um, erection and arousal to the homosexual stimuli was low, meaning they were reporting that they were not aroused by the homosexual porn, just like the heterosexual like, non-homophobic men. Like I said, like I said, the mouth will lie, the wiener won't. And like this says, these data are consistent with response discordance where verbal judgments are not consistent with physiological reactivity. Wow. Wow. Well, Kevin Swanson, <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I think you have a little inward looking to do. A lot. A lot of inward looking. And the other thing is, if you're so afraid of homosexuality and lesbianism by way of feminism, then this is probably not the country for you. And I'm not saying get out. I'm not... I'm not uh, uh, Pastor Hagee. What I'm saying is there's other countries. You could move to Saudi Arabia, Kevin. I think you'd be far more comfortable in a place that doesn't let women drive. Shit, women can't even walk in this, into a shopping mall using the same entrance as men. So that is a place that I think is going to be far better suited for a dude of your proclivities, for a dude of your interest, for a dude of your obsessions. You'll find your godly women there who can't even sit with the reporters in the room. They have to sit on the ground. That sounds like something that's more your style. You know, it, it, that's the religious society that I think would be a, a far better fit. Speaking of religion uh, and pastors and religious quackery, thievery, charlatanery, Joel Austin, one of my favorites. He just had his church broken into, and they robbed, how much was it? 600000 <laughs> Wow. The heist at Lakewood Church wasn't discovered until 8.30 a.m. Monday morning when they realized through obvious signs of a break-in that something was wrong. The donations were from services on March 8th and March 9th. Whoa, whoa, whoa. $600,000. Two days. Two days. Yes. Wow. Yeah, good business to be in. I definitely need to be in a better occupation. For sure. That's, goddamn. Tweeting meaningless pseudo-inspirational quotes. I would like to, over the course of, I mean, he probably tweets, what, 10, 15 times a day? Probably. If you break 600000 divided by the 20 times that he tweets... That's a, that's a lot of money per tweet. It is. And the donations that were stolen included cash, checks, and credit cards. Oh, credit cards? Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. But, but when, I was, uh, when I was into Jesus, uh, we, we, didn't have, we weren't given our credit cards. I mean, is that what people are doing? They're passing the hat and they're just throwing their whole entire card in? <laughs> Here's my card. Just take well, my card. Maybe there's like a, an, I, an iPhone adapter with one of the whoop. The little swipies. Oh, yeah. I guess the, so. When you're getting 600000 in two days, you can afford stuff like that yeah. to be added to your 
donation bin? $600,000 in two days. That's an amazing, that's an astronomical amount of money for a weekend's offerings. Yes. And wow. They're saying that the funds were fully insured and they are working with their insurance company to restore the stolen funds to the church. And they are stressing that it was not a data breach, but they say the theft was limited to the donations made in the actual services. So so they they prepare for this, so they get insurance just in case they're robbed. It appears that way. Well, when you have more than 40,000 people who attend your services weekly and your televised sermons reach nearly 100 countries, I think maybe you have to get some insurance for your funds. That is unbelievable. It is. You know, we, we all know that Jesus was a big... Uh, he was a big advocate for, for wealth. He, he thought it was a, a pretty, pretty swell thing. That's awesome. Well, in other news, <laughs> we'll get on to a, a less depressing topic, that jackass. Kind of. Uh, there is a college, McAllister College, McAllister University. I'm not sure what, what it is. McAllister College. And they have started a new campaign called uh, More, Than, More Than Words Campaign. Your voice, your choice. And um, how clever! <laughs> they're they are they're trying to admonish students to stop using words like "oh, that's so gay" or "that's so ghetto," uh, "don't be a girl." There are a few though that I, I think are odd. They 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 want people to stop using the term "illegal alien," which is under the law. That is the term that is used. It's not undocumented immigrant uh under the law it's it's written in the u.s code it's illegal alien that's the ter- that's the term that's used in courts gypped heebie-jeebies indian giver is is heebie-jeebies is that is that like an anti-semitic thing i'm not sure what about gypped i'm kind of gypsies i know that but i'm just that's it's not used as a slight toward gypsies yeah yeah well these are heebie-jeebies the two that i think are I mean, there's a bunch of these that are goofy. And I think overall the message here is that it's just overly sensitive. We're just fucking whiny and we're just creating a generation of whiny. <laughs> Call me a name. Just fucking grow up. Uh, he's a legal alien, obviously bothers me. But then derp. 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 What, what, what the fuck is wrong with derp? <laughs> it's a sound. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. It's like, hey. Quit saying boink. (laughs) It is very strange. And on the main page for this campaign, they they say, have you ever witnessed someone being put down with language that made fun of their own or someone else's identity? Has anyone ever called you out for something oppressive that you said? Have you ever struggled with trying to interrupt or be aware of when oppressive language is being used around you? All of these odd questions to get you to be a part of this campaign it reminds me of the bossy thing that's going on right now too. oh yeah we I, we didn't even talk about that i have a quote here from visiting assistant professor sujin pate and he says he or she whoever this is um they're probably a legal alien uh, he says or she says our culture our culture is heterosexist it's racist it's patriarchal, it's transphobic, homophobic, ageist, ableist. Uh, wow. Come on. 
God damn. Get over yourself, man. Or ma'am. Whichever. It, it's This professor is absolutely a Jezebel.com subscriber. Yes. Absolutely. It's, it's getting up your own ass about the little tiny... Listen, it's it's become colloquial relative to our society to use certain terms that at, at one time maybe did have some kind of a, a negative connotation to them. But it's not anymore. It's not like we've continued to use Jap or pejoratives like that. But certainly derp isn't a isn't isn't a, a bad thing. It's it's a funny sound that is like if you trip derp it's how could anybody be offended by that? If you're offended by that, go to your garage, get into a toolbox, grab a fucking tack hammer and smack yourself in the head with it because something needs to be done about you and your wildly self-righteous bullshit. Tack hammer equals problem solved apparently to the Jesse D. Yeah, I think that would be a uh, a problem solver for sure. <laughs> Well, I think it's interesting that they have derp lumped in with tard, special ed, and downsy. I don't think I've ever heard derp referenced directed toward those. I don't think it's included well, in those listen, things. I think it's more of like, wow, someone's being a goof. Someone's being kind of an exactly. airhead. Derp, you know, it's like a funny thing. It's not meant to be rude i've but, never heard it as something that's rude along the same vein to talking about the bossy campaign um which we didn't even plan on talking about that's a it's a it's a great lead into this is it's that that i i really think that if if women want if the that, that type of the the women's movement wants to be taken seriously and oh don't call women bossy you know what if you're going to be whining about whether or not you're called bossy then you're already losing the fight. Well, also, I don't think there's anything wrong with being called bossy. I've been called bossy. I've been called a bitch. I've been told I'm aggressive. And yeah. I'm typically told those things by people that require being bossed around. So, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, someone who's going to call you bossy is someone you're probably having to manage and having to boss around. And, hey, how about you do your job if you don't like being bossed around, particularly by women? That'd be great. Well, I don't – looking back in my, in my past, the people who I would have considered bossy were – we're good bosses. Yeah. But then I also, I don't have a problem with, with individuals who are assertive and leaders. And it's certainly not something that we should, we should be saying, well, we can't call women this anymore. And then saying, saying on behalf of women that it makes us feel bad. It doesn't make me feel bad. You don't speak for me. I know plenty of other women that it doesn't make them feel bad. You don't speak for them. That's because you're a boss. I am a boss. <laughs> Like a boss. Like a boss. Um, I, I just think it's there. there's a, an odd sensitivity movement that's happening. And it all surrounds the bullying. And, and all that is great. But it's taken it to the nth degree. Well, the degree. bullying's not great. But... Well, those movements to curb bullying yes, are yes. great. But taking it to the nth degree is the problem. Yes, and unnecessary. I think it defeats the point. It, it, it ends up being a hindrance. To the movement and the cause. Yeah, it definitely weakens it. Well, the other the other thing with the bossy thing is 
the Bossy campaign. What, what's the name of the movement? Do you know? No, I have yeah. no idea. It's is they've got some women signed on and they've interviewed that are great. Beyonce, you know. Jane Lynch, well, Condoleezza Rice. I, I said great, and then you said Beyonce. Sorry. Not Beyonce. That's not one of them. I'm talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's not in it. That no, was just an article written no, about but her. No, the, but they're referencing these women. Yes, yes. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Condoleezza Rice, th- these type of women who... Madeline Albright. Yeah, accomplished women. Women who have who are actually in charge of shit. Who have come out and said that they were called terrible things throughout their career and through their education, called well, called a bitch or... Ruth Bader Ginsburg, goddamn. Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that when she found out that her classmates had been calling her a bitch, what'd she say? Better a bitch than a mouse. Better a bitch than a mouse. And that's, that's, that's a great sentiment. That's, it's the same for me. For, for, for men, if you're, I would rather be called an asshole than, than, than a mousy, meek weakling. I'm assertive. I am a man. Just, but that's not to say that being a man is what's great over a woman. If you're a woman, be a woman. That's the other thing that they're trying to say, not within the campaign, but a separate article that I read about the campaign is trying to say that the other issue with bossy women is that women who are in positions of power feel like they need to become men in order to be in positions of power and be leaders. And so they're trying to Mm. take issue with the fact that women being bossy is a problem because they're forced to be like that in order to compete with strong men. And I don't think that's necessarily true either. I would disagree with that too. But well, listen, we're different. Men are men are men. Women are women. this Wait, what? Can you break that down again? Yeah, let me let me really slow down here and talk about. It. <laughs> Is we're we're different and we're we're different and we should celebrate our differences. Women have have characteristics and qualities that men don't have that are wonderful relative to leadership. Yes. And it, to to act like we have to be judged on the across the same exact standard is ridiculous because it doesn't work that way so i guess what we're saying is you can call women bossy it does it does it bother you no it doesn't bother me at all that's awesome i've never been bothered by it even when i've had bosses who have issues with my managerial style well there have even been in in jobs that you've had where you've been in a supervisory role, I'm speaking directly about you, that you had older men work for you mm-hmm. and they weren't too keen on it. Yeah, and that's... that's. It leads you to the opinion that you just stated that if someone thinks, oh, they're bossy, they're probably a shitty employee. Yeah, because when I have had to manage older men... They don't particularly take direction very well, and they're kind of disrespectful. And I don't, I don't immediately jump to the conclusion, oh, he's treating me bad because I'm a woman and because I'm managing him. I don't know what the issue is, but it seems like that's the issue. And typically, the reason they have a problem with me is because I have to manage them. If you know, if they were just good workers, they wouldn't hear from me. For those of you who don't know, I spent um, a few years in the Marine Corps, an enlistment in the Marine Corps, and I learned very quickly that the best leaders and best managers, you know, the best people I had over me, 
while in the Marine Corps, were invariably also the best followers. You have to be a good follower to be a good leader, and that's where it breaks down, or that's where it it, it really it, the 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 rubber meets the road, and it doesn't matter woman or man. If you're if you're a good leader, you're a good leader, and what name people call you, it, a good leader doesn't care because they know because they're confident, they're assertive, they're aggressive, whatever t- whatever descriptor you want to put on it. They do what it takes, and all the superfluous surrounding details don't matter to them. Yeah. Because they do their job. Well, with that, <laughs> I guess we'll wrap it up. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah we did. It was a good time. It was we a good time. We went from dinner parties to Michelle Bachman. To uh, Cartoons, Kevin, brainwashing lesbians. Kevin Swanson's truthful wiener. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. I do want to thank uh I want to thank um Michelle Bachman. Thank you. Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. We appreciate uh your contribution to today's episode. And uh the Girl Scout cookie hater, Kevin Swanson. Thank you very much, buddy. I'm sure you'll be a a regular contributor to I doubt it. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. So for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and we thank you for tuning in.